Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. How good it is it to be in the house of the Lord, yes? They said, let us go into the house of God. You can watch online, but I tell you, there's nothing like being in the house. And if you're watching online this morning, you're not going to get the full benefits of church today because it's going to happen here. Are you ready? Amen. Tonight we have, you can sit in a moment, just stay, no, no. I'm preaching extra long today. I said to someone, well, if I preach too long, you can sack me. (laughs) I've got the pulpit, I've got the microphone. But tonight is something very special. You know, when you think about it, it's a quarter of a century since this has happened. Quarter of a century. Alyssa was 10 years of age, going, nearly turning uh, 11, and Connie was 12. That's how long ago it is. They're mums now, and here they, Alyssa and Jason, are stepping into a new era in the life of the church. And we want all of you to be there. And you might say, well, I'm not a member. I can't vote. Can I say it's much more than a vote that happens today. It's what you do after tonight. You know, you can say, I'm standing behind you. We don't want you behind us. We want you to beside us. And so for John and I, this would be very special to have you here. If you call Encompass Home, be here. Jason and Alyssa, they want you beside them. Be here to support them in this next season. And so if you are a member, that voting opens, registration opens at 4.30 and it closes at 4.55. And the reason being is we are starting at 5 o'clock and we don't want you to miss out. So everyone come tonight. You may be seated. You notice Jason and Alyssa are not here and there's... The reason for that is Jason, Pastor Jason is at Doreen, Pastor Alyssa is at Craigieburn, Harley's in the kids program, and little Amara is with her nana and pa here this morning. But they'll all be back in the house tonight. As we heard this morning, it is Pentecost Sunday. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. This is a Pentecostal church, yes? Yes, we're supposed to be radical. We're supposed to be life-giving. We're supposed to have the fullness of the gospel living inside of us. Yes? Yes. And so I am excited on Pentecost Sunday. I'm not actually speaking about Pentecost Sunday per se, but I'm speaking about something a little bit more holistic than just that. But if you read in the Bible, we see in Acts that when the Holy Spirit came in that upper room, there were three things that happened. It was a sound like a mighty rushing wind. There were tongues of fire that settled over the heads of the people that were in that room. And then it says, and they all began to speak in tongues. You know, a lot of people take that part of the Bible out. They say, it's not for now. It's not for us. And, and, and that was for back then. And they, they just don't even allude to it. But that is the power that we have as a Pentecostal church. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he equips us for service. He convicts us of our sins. He guides us into all truth. He comforts us. He empowers us in how to pray. And he gives us a supernatural boldness. 
Why would you not want the Holy Spirit? He is available to you. And maybe you have never, when you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. But there is something much more that you have. And we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of service to invite the Holy Spirit with the gift of speaking in tongues. So if that's something you've wanted, that's something you want, something you say, God, I'm a bit like this. If there's something going, I don't want to miss out. If God's got something more, I want the more. If you want the more, begin to pray now. Begin to already ask, Holy Spirit, you're here. I sense him here. And he wants to fill us to overflowing. Amen. Amen. So I'm preparing the... the, um, continuing the Heaven is Here series, and I want to challenge us this morning to take the limits off praying big prayers. Whoa, because we serve a big God. Last week, Pastor Jason, he talked about the scripture, I believe, but help my unbelief. And and he talked about having our, our prayer life comes out of relationship with Jesus. It's not a demand, it's not an entitlement, it's out of love and relationship. And so I'm going to build on that from last week. And, and my prayer is that we will see the power of God that is at our disposal, at each one of your disposal, in a larger and more powerful way. I'm going to take you to a scripture in, the, in Psalms that David said. He was talking about the Israelites But it still, I believe, applies to us here today. Psalm 78, verses 40 to 41. And every time there's an underlined version or a a part or it's bold, can I get you to say it with me? You cool? Okay. How many times they rebelled in their desert days. How they grieved him with grumbling. Again and again they limited God preventing him from blessing them. Continually they turned their back from him and provoked the Holy One of Israel. Today I want to stir your faith to believe for something beyond what you have seen, beyond what you thought was possible, and take the limits off God. Are you ready? Yeah? Yeah? We've established we're a Pentecostal church. So you are allowed to get a bit excited. Come on, some of you Africans, I've been in your church. And you guys, I've seen you. You, you go crazy. Uh, you stand up and, amen, you, you do that. This is God's meeting. If you feel to do that and declare the word of God, you speak the word of God, you are free to do it, okay? Amen, amen. Come on. I believe as I speak, there'll be the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking. He wants for us to see him in all his goodness by taking the limits of our life, the limits that we have placed on him. God wants us to pray bigger prayers. Yes? Maybe you've prayed and he didn't answer you the way you wanted or when you wanted him to, or the way you thought he should have, and you've shrunk back in the way you've prayed. And even 
the way you've requested prayers of him in believing. But today, I believe that there'll be a heavenly release across this place this morning and over your life as you begin to open yourself up to seeing that we serve a God who is limitless. Heaven is here. Amen. I want you to repeat after me, God wants to bless me. Say it again. Do you believe it? You know, the reality is for the congregation this size, some of you are just parroting those words because I told you to, but you don't really believe it. But God does want to bless you. He loves you. He is committed to you. He has what's best for you. And you may think that, God, how could you possibly love me? But he does. And so I want you to begin to think, God, you because you love me, because you are committed to me, I can ask big, bold prayers. God wants you to bless you so he is glorified. He wants to bless you so that our life shows his goodness. As we begin to look back at the scripture of the exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt, uh, time and time again, we see God's provision over them. He parted the Red Sea and they were able to walk through. Uh, he provided food for them. He provided clothes for them for 40 years that didn't wear out. He did miracle after miracle. But still they turned their back on him. And the scripture says they grieved him. So why was he grieved? We see in that Psalm 78... Verse 41, it says, because again and again they limited him. They tested God and they limited him. They did not give him the opportunity to do everything that he wanted to do. They placed a lid on the miraculous things that he was able to do in their lives. He was not and he is not limited in his ability but they limited him by his unbelief and stubbornness. Is this ringing true for anyone this morning? If you think God is out to get you, to pay you back when you turned away from him, you have limited, set a limit of his love. If you prayed a prayer and God didn't answer you the way you thought he should, you've set a limit on his power. If you've really messed up, and you've done really bad, and you said, God, you could never forgive me, then you have limited the power of the cross and his salvation in your life. The Bible says that your sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. He remembers it no more. Don't limit God. We set the limit on what God can do, not him. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 37, How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Jesus is saying, I wanted to, but you would not let me. I'm going to read two more scriptures. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to 
carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. Are you seeing a pattern here? Don't limit God. It's time to turn him loose. Wow. It's time to allow him to be God. The days of small prayers are over. We're entering a new era. We're entering a new era in our church. But I believe, if you remember um, Pastor David McCracken, he said there's a new era in your family. Do you believe it? Are you expectant of it? Are you preparing for that? A new era in your workplace, in your school. God wants to show himself powerfully to you. But the question that we have to ask ourselves, am I stopping him with my small and insignificant prayers? Take the limits off. No restrictions. Saying and believing, God, you are sovereign. You are in control. Jesus, I allow you to do what you want, when you want, how you want, through whoever you want. This sounds a lot like giving him the controls, doesn't it? When we take the limits off, we're taking our hands off and saying, God, I need this, but you do it your way. You use whoever you want to use. You do it in your time. He has so much for us, but we need to take the limits off. I'm going to take you to an interesting scripture. In Matthew 27, verse 2, it says, Then they bound him, talking about Jesus, led him away and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. We're talking about Jesus, God in skin. They bound Jesus, literally tied his hands. The last thing we want in our church is a bound Jesus. We want him to be free to heal, to deliver the depressed and those who are guilt-ridden, we, that he's free to restore, that he's free to release chains that have held us captive, that he is free to move in power, doing it his way, not our way, his way. I'm sure you're like me. You don't want to be in a church that's stared dull and boring. No? If you want a church like that, you're in the wrong one. This is a Holy Spirit church, and you watch as we go into this next era. Something is stirring. God is moving, and that's what God wants you to be part of. Take the limits off. Today, someone needs a miracle. Don't wait for the response. We're going to have an altar open for you. Don't wait for a response. Say, God, I believe. I believe. I help my unbelief. But God, you are faithful. You are good. You are kind, and I'm going to step in. I don't care what anybody else has said. I'm going to receive my miracle. Maybe that you have, you need salvation. An opportunity will be given to you at the end of service to say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I make you Lord of my life. You can do that right now. Don't wait. You can do that. And as you step forward this morning that you are making a step, I make this declaration in the name of Jesus. Maybe you need freedom. Your mind has been held captive. Today is your freedom day. Someone needs financial provision. God wants to bless 
you. God wants to pour his goodness over your life. Someone needs a restoration of relationships. It's so broken and fractured, it's, it's impossible. Oh, in the hands of God, he's good at the impossible. That's where he works best. What are you praying for? Why don't you take the limits off of God this morning and begin to pray big prayers? Here at Encompass, we will not limit and we will not bind what God can do. Instead, we bind unbelief. Instead, we bind small, pitiful petitions. Instead, we bind a spirit of containment and and a a contentment that is not of God. Instead, we release an open heaven where anything is possible and God will show up and do his mighty work. I'm going to paint a picture, and it's an extreme picture. But there's a man by the name of Bernard Anoun. He's a French business magnate, and he's worth 2.18 billion US dollars. So he's got a lot of money. But he invites you into a room, and he says, I'm going to gather a whole lot of other billionaires, and I want you to come with your business plan, and whatever you want is yours. So you prepare, you know what you've got to do, and the big day arrives, and you walk in, and they say to you, okay, what do you want? What do you need? Well, um, can I have $150 to pay my electricity bill? How stupid is that? (laughs) Really, is that the best you can do? And yet, sometimes our prayer requests are so measly and so tiny. And he's saying, I'm waiting. Haven't you got anything bigger than that? Is that all you think of me? That's all you want when you can have anything and you're asking for $150. Our prayers can be no different to God. I just need a little bit. I don't want to be greedy. I've asked you before and... And you didn't give me the answer, so obviously you don't want me to have it. Really? Really? God owns everything, yet we bind him with our small thinking and our small requests. It's time to release him to do supernatural things that he is well able and he wants to do. Did you know he wants to? Do you believe that? Because our prayers, the way we pray, actually tells really about our belief in God. We've bound him by our small thinking, our small expectation, and that's expressed in our small prayers. The Bible says that he was grieved because he was not able to do all that he had planned. God is always the more. He has unlimited resources. He has more grace than our sin. He has more power than our problems, more mercy than our mistakes, more love than we have hate. He has more supply than we have need. He has more forgiveness than we have failures and sin. He will always have more. Stop limiting him and never stop asking. Heaven is here. He wants us to ask. We limit through unbelief. We limit him by making him so tiny by the requests that we present. We need to believe for greater things that require us to pray for bigger prayers. 
In Luke 1.37, it says, Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. I'll read that again. Not one promise from God is empty of power. If God has promised, his all power is ready at your disposal. God is saying no challenge is too great. No devil is too big. No door that is shut to me will be, will be kept shut because I can walk through that. I have an unlimited supply. Let's remember, though, we are praying according to God's will and his word. Now, you may say, I want a new wife or a new husband. Now, if you're married... I'm sorry, that's not according to God's word. True? God says, fix up your own life and be a better spouse. Learn how to work through and say, God, help me to be all that you can be. God, you want me to live in peace in my home. Help me. Help me to do my part. Maybe you say, God, I want to be rich. Can he trust you with what you've got now? Why do you want to be rich? To show off to someone else? What's your motivation for it? Is it to have a better car and easier life? Or is it about building the kingdom of God? Align it to the word of God. God wants you to have all that you need. The Bible says that he'll open the windows of heaven. But what is it you want? How do we limit God, you may ask? By prayerlessness. In the Bible, in John 16, 24, it says, Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. The reason not much is happening is because you're not asking. I heard the story of James Stewart. For those of us that are a bit older, you'll remember him. He was a famous actor uh, in the 30s and died in 19. 97, and um, he was interviewed this particular time, and they said, you gave all your memorabilia to a university we've never heard of. Um, Did you go there? No. Did your children or grandchildren go there? No. Well, why did you give it to them? He said, because they asked. They actually, nobody had never asked before. We limit the work that God can do in and through our life because we don't ask. What are you asking God for? What are you asking the Holy Spirit for? You have an incredible resource at your disposal. But are we asking? There was a pastor who regularly flies across America. And this particular day he was doing a four-hour flight and after the plane took off, he thought, I'll watch a bit of entertainment. Only to find that there was no sound on his entertainment from his entertainment screen. So he calls the steward over and said, I've got no entertainment. And the steward said, oh, yeah, yours doesn't work and neither does the guy next to you. His doesn't work either. Oh. Anyway, later on in the flight, not long before they were ready to land, he says, well, calls the steward over again. Um, I paid for this seat. I paid for the entertainment. I paid for the sound. What are you going to do? Sir, do you, are you a, a member of Delta Airlines? Yes, I am. Um, I'm going to transfer 3,500 mile points into your account. Wow, sure. Did that right there on the spot. The guy sitting next to them says, 
what just happened? How did that happen to you? What do you think he said? I asked. Exactly. You have not because you asked not. The man kept going. And he says, if you keep bugging me, I'm going to ask you for an offering. <laughs> He's a pastor. <laughs> he paid for it. He said, I paid for it. What are you going to do for me? We don't ask. Now he brags about Delta Airlines of what they've done. He wouldn't have received that. He could have got off of that plane and whinged about having no entertainment because he didn't ask. He's got better than he expected. James 4.2, you have not because you do not ask. How many times do you think God is saying, why didn't you ask? I wish you'd have asked me first. I, you can trust me to do you good. I had all the resources. Imagine this. He's got all the resources of heaven ready, ready, set. Ask. And I'll ask him. Back to your places. I've got a need. Go and tell someone that. Okay, you ready, heaven? Heaven, come on, angels, we're ready. We're ready to release to you. Ready, set. He's ready to release to you today. Amen. Open your heart to receive what he has for you. The reason not much is happening is because we're not asking. You're thinking about your problems. You're talking about your problems to other people. You're weighed down by the challenges and you're tossing and turning, having sleepless nights because you don't know how to break through. You don't have the answers. But Jesus says, until now, you've not asked me for anything in my name. You are limiting me because you are not asking. John 16, 24 says, ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Now, I've already established it's according to God's will, according to God's word. Okay, we get that? So, but you can ask. You can ask of God. You know, there's, um, I think it was called uh, Food Star down in Reservoir. Do you remember that all-you-could-eat buffet? They went out of, they, I'm sure they went bust. Uh, but basically, you go and pay for your meal, uh, a ticket. So it's one price for everything. And so you go in and you sit there and you think, I'm just going to have a little bit of roast, a little bit of potato, a drink and some whatever else. But you paid the same amount as the person who just keeps going back and going back and going back, some cultures more than others. <laughs> and you just fill that plate and you walk out of there absolutely stuffed full of food. You paid the same, someone had meagre and someone had a banquet. What is it you're doing? Jesus says, if you want a little of my power, just ask a little. If you want medium provision, ask medium prayers. If you want the windows of heaven to be opened, then you can ask audacious, large prayers. It's up to you. Are you content with just enough, merely surviving? Oh, God, help me get through today. 
God, I, I just want to survive this. I just want to, oh, God, just, just, I don't know, just bless me. God wants more than that. He wants to more than just bless you. He wants to shower you with his goodness. He wants to give you boldness. He wants to give you comfort. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you words of knowledge. In your workplace, as you begin to speak into people that you can supernaturally, you can begin to speak over people. You think, boy, I don't know. I, I didn't know that. You don't need to go all spooky about it. But God wants to use you to speak life into other people because he is a good God. You have all of heaven's resources at your disposal. We need to turn God loose and let him do powerful things. You know, your big prayers don't exhaust God. <laughs> they don't wear him out. But your, what audacious prayers do you need to ask of God for your family, for your health, in your workplace, for some of you in your workplace, you need to be asking God for big, audacious prayers. God, may my workplace be filled with Christians and that my life and then those that are coming, going to be coming in, that we impact the culture of this place. The atmosphere is going to change because I am there in your finances, in your home life, in your marriage. For some of you, for godly, a godly life partner. I'm going to ask the team to come up. When we don't pray, we don't understand the power and the nature of God. He is Jehovah El Shaddai, Almighty God. The God who is all-sufficient, all-bountiful, and the source of all blessing. He is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider, just as he provided for you yesterday. Did he provide for you yesterday? Will he provide for you today? Will he provide for you tomorrow? Absolute, absolute surety. I can, I can absolutely promise that that is who he is. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I could go on and on and on about the goodness of God, even in your dark valley. Even in your challenge that you're facing, you have a God who wants you to call out to him. And maybe your circumstances don't change immediately, but something changes inside of you. God is stirring your heart to ask for more. He is waiting for us to unleash the power of heaven over our life. But we have to start praying. It is the most powerful yet neglected weapon of a Christian. You can pray in your business, in your workplace, in your family. But you know, not asking, you get a guaranteed no. In your life, what do you need to ask for? Right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring hearts, igniting things that will want streams in your heart, to begin to believe again. Will you begin to pray big prayers, taking the limits of God? Asking God gives you an opportunity of having a yes. Don't reject God. Take a risk and ask and keep asking. Ask for that promotion at work. Now, obviously, 
you need to be worthy of a, a promotion, a, a wage rise. If you arrive late and you are lazy, why would they give you? Come on, you're not representing Christ. He says, come on, pull your socks up, mate. <laughs> Get your act together, work hard and show yourself that you have done a good job. But if you're doing that, go and ask for a promotion. Pray first. Pray for the sick and believe that they will get well. Amen? Amen. Stir your faith. I'm reading some of the old um, Pentecostal uh, stories. It's stirring my faith to believe for the impossible things. You know, I I heard one lady, she said, I I prayed and I prayed over this lady. And she said, I kept my eyes closed because... She was so sick, it was impossible. She had hands two different, different heights. And so she began to pray with her eyes closed and she could feel some movement. She's thinking, oh, the lady's trying to get self-comfortable. And the other lady was there, started to scream, her arms growing. You know, it's like, I want that. I'm positioning myself to see God do miraculous things. Why should it be back, you know, 20, 30 years ago in Bible times? God wants us to live in that place now. Asking big, audacious prayers. Maybe you're suffering with depression this morning. Why don't you believe, God, we're in an atmosphere of faith, that that depression, that that just sense of dread that is over my life, that it will be lifted in Jesus' name this morning. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond. And even as you begin to step out of your seats, I believe that there is going to be something happens as you take those steps. They're steps of faith, stepping into what God has for you. Maybe you've been waiting for your PR and people have told you, impossible. You're not going to get that. (laughs) Oh, we serve God of the impossible. (laughs) What? No door can shut when God says it's got to be opened. And so that again, you're believing for the impossible. What cannot is impossible for man. It's possible for God. If you don't ask, it's not going to happen. Notre Dame University did a study on salespeople and they found that 94% of all salespeople quit after their fourth phone call that they made. 60% of all sales were made on the fifth phone call. 94% of people did not give themselves a chance to succeed because they got tired of asking. I know there'll be a number of you here, you've got children and they bug you year after year after year to get a pet. That pet probably now sleeps on your bed. They kept on asking. Big, bold prayers that attract the favour of heaven. God wants to release heaven here on earth. You know, the greatest prayer that you will ever pray is a prayer of salvation. It's acknowledging I am a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's best. And you pray a prayer, and it's a simple prayer, says, God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. Today I receive your love and forgiveness. Come and live inside of me. Amen. The greatest prayer. That's where it starts. And we're going to give an opportunity for you. When you pray a prayer like that, you're not 
becoming part of this church, you're part of the family of God. You don't have to. You say, well, I'm, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't. He does, and he still loves you, and he still wants to receive you. It is saying, regardless, you don't have to be good enough. In fact, you're the prime candidate because you're not working in your own effort and what your own strength. You're saying, God, I take on. I take on your forgiveness. And so we're going to close our eyes, bow our heads. And maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Or maybe you once walked with God. You grew up in church. You know of God. You might sing. You might, you might pray. You might even read your Bible. But you realize that your heart is far from God. And he, you, this morning, you want to draw close to Him. You want to come back to Him. And so I'm going to ask us all to pray a prayer. If you are praying this, meaning it in your heart for the first time or coming back, I want you to pray. Pray believing that something incredible happens today. In Jesus' name. Lord, let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you receive me and that you forgive me of my sins, that you have removed them from the east to the west. Today I am part of your family as I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.